Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. Hello everybody and welcome to another Wessex LMCs podcast. This is our newsletter uh, from last week, the 5th of January. Uh, So we're hoping to catch you up with all the events and issues that you need to be aware of that happened last week. So my name is Dr. Laura Edwards. I'm one of the joint CEOs at Wessex LMCs and I'm joined today by Will Howard, who's one of our medical directors. Hi, Will. Hi there, Laura. So we're starting off with the introduction that was written by my colleague, uh, Andy Perbrick, my fellow joint CEO, and he wished everybody a very happy new year. So we continue to do so. We do hope that 2024 is a good year ahead for us. He quoted Albert Einstein, who said, learn from yesterday, live for today and hope for tomorrow. It's looking like a challenging year ahead for us in 2024. We know that there are likely to be more changes and more challenges coming. I think people are focused on the new GP contract in April, um, but actually what we're thinking is that we're unlikely to see radical wholesale change to our GMS contract in April, but we are hoping that it will be a stepping stone to more significant positive change over the next few years. Again, bearing in mind that we are all very aware that there is likely to be a general election and uh, general practice as ever uh, is central to the heartbeat of the NHS and very close to the hearts of politicians and their constituents. So we do hope um, that uh, they will listen to what is actually needed to get the best for their constituents. Um, And this brings us to really, how do you get that voice heard? Well, um, the BMA have a survey out at the moment that they are really keen that all GPs fill out. You can fill it out from ST3 onwards, um, and uh, we would like you to fill that out. Again, we echo that as an LMC. So the link is in our newsletter. So please do have a look at that and fill that out. You've got until the 21st of January to fill that out. And it is about what you would like in the future, about how we work how we deliver patient care, and that will inform those future GMS contract negotiations that will be read by the top team um, of GPC at the BMA. So please take the chance um, to, to fill that out. Um, Then also we're highlighting that there will be a campaign uh, via BB Partners, who are a PR company who've been engaged by the GPDF. Um, And they're working with the BMA and LMCs around the country on the Rebuild General Practice campaign. So do look out for resources that will come out for them and think whether you're able to share those at a local level, whether that's within your practice or whether you want to meet your MP and try and voice those issues. And we as an LMC would love to support you in having those conversations. So um, do think about that. And then uh, in a similar vein to that, um, then the LMC will be having elections soon for our committees. Uh, So this is an opportunity to stand for our committee and be a representative. This is your opportunity to represent GP colleagues, to have that voice heard about what is going on, how changes are impacting you for the better or perhaps for the worse, um, and that we can represent you really strongly. Um, And you get a chance, if you're a committee member as well, to go to the national conferences to speak there, which again allows you a direct line to be able to influence to to be listened to by the top people in GPC. Um, And again, hopefully, therefore, represent the profession, get our voice heard so that we can get the best uh, for our patients ultimately and that general practice is actually a sustainable profession to be in, which I think a lot of us are feeling at the moment that it is not. So if you would like to represent your colleagues, please do look out for the emails that will be coming out uh, in the next few weeks um, of how to stand to be a committee representative and then stand. It's really easy. You don't have to stand up and do any speeches or anything like that. Um, The only qualification is that you are 
practicing GP uh, with a passion for general practice. If you want to have a chat with anyone at the office about what it is and find out a little bit more, please do just send us in an email um, and uh, we'll arrange a conversation. And that will be across all of our areas. So Hampshire and Isle of Wight, Dorset, Bath and North East Somerset, Swindon and Wiltshire. There will be uh, opportunities to stand in each of those areas. And there are special dedicated seats for sessional GPs as well. You're allowed to stand in both geographically or as a sessional GP. So if you'd like to find out more, look out for those emails um, and also uh, feel free to ping us an email at uh, the office and we'll be happy to tell you a little bit more. Over to you, Will. Thanks, Laura. I I just wanted to reiterate that it's the most fantastic opportunity to speak up as a GP. I'm passionate about the profession as being as a GP. And I think being a committee representative on the LMC, one of the LMC committees is a real opportunity. So if anybody is interested, we'd urge you to show that interest by standing to be a local representative on your LMC. Okie doke, I'm going to move on to a slightly drier topic and one that perhaps um, a lot of GPs are passionate also about is the NHS national vaccine strategy um and all of us in general practice have been delivered vac- delivered vaccinations for many many years it's a core part of our services we see it um nhs england on the 13th of december 23 at the end of last year um, have published a new document called the nhs national vaccine strategy and this is a plan to potentially change the way in which vaccines are delivered um and moving them away from general practice and more into other providers or perhaps sharing the ownership of vaccination across lots and lots of community providers including community pharmacies uh, and um, other nursing providers as well Um, and although we absolutely laud the desire to increase the uptakes of vaccinations across our population and we read this document as general practitioners with a, a sense of unease um, and uh, a slight nervousness uh, as we recognise that vaccination is a core part of general practice. It works well for patients and we've proven in the past how effectively we can deliver vaccinations, both the routine ones we give to our children um, as well as stand up and we've demonstrated to the COVID, COVID vaccination programme how effective and efficient we are at delivering huge numbers of vaccinations at very short notice. So, GPs tend to think we're in a great position to deliver vaccinations. And this strategy is perhaps moving the goalposts a little bit and making it easier for other providers to support the delivery of vaccination, but perhaps also removing some of the funding that goes with vaccination that is a key part to uh, general practice income. We've looked at the document quite hard on behalf of GPs and and we have written our own um, uh, thoughts and comments on the themes within the document. Um, There is part of our website and it can be downloaded via clicking on the link in the newsletter. It's also on the website is our comments document. I think the key to this is that um, there is some devil will be in the detail. There'll be some discomfort as we go through it, but the devil will be in the detail as to what this really means to general practice. This is quite a high level document um, and what this really means to general practice will um, become clearer as that detail is unveiled to us. We will keep an eye on that um, and we will, of course, on behalf of all general practice, represent you to NHS England should any major changes be made. This is a real hot potato on a national level as well because this is going to affect general practice across the whole of England and therefore will have an impact on all GPs Um, and therefore it's a really very important one for us to keep an eye on for you. Back to you Laura. 
Thank you. So I'm going to talk about medical examiners and the reforms to death certification. Uh, So death certification has been largely unchanged for about 50 years now. Uh, It's one of the few things where we have a certificate that's paper, except that now actually the paper copy doesn't really go anywhere. Um, So there's a whole bunch of stuff there where it doesn't kind of totally fit with how we're practicing nowadays. Um, And there has been an opportunity to uh, review that, which has happened. Uh, So there are some changes they're probably not quite as far reaching as as we may want them to be to for it to be uh fitting with how we're we're practicing and the direction of travel of how we're supposed to practice but there has been some movement of that um so this brings in two aspects really one is the medical examiner role which again most of you have probably heard of now which is this new role that has uh, is being rolled out at the moment where um A medical examiner, that's a senior doctor, so they could be GP-based or they could be hospital uh, background, um, will provide independent scrutiny of causes of death um, of other practitioners. Uh, So declaration of interest, I do this as as another role that I do. Um, And it also offers an an opportunity for the bereaved uh, to raise concerns as well. So this is potentially how Harold Shipman might have been called, um, might have been spotted. And uh, also uh, Lucy Letby, this may have been how they would have been stopped much earlier than they actually were. Um, And then they also look around any kind of concerns about the care as well. So... um, this is being rolled out at the moment. It's not statutory. The hospitals have been doing it for, for some time uh, and it is being rolled out to the community and general practice. But at the moment, it is not statutory. Therefore, if you wish to take up the opportunity to work with your local medical examiner service, you can, uh, but you do not have to. Um, they're looking to bring this in in April 2024 alongside all these other um, changes. Uh, but we it waits to be we wait to see whether that actually happens. It was supposed to come in, in April 2023 and obviously that date has come and gone and they had to postpone it so they're aiming for April 2024 but this has to get through parliament and actually be laid and uh, therefore again it's all all, all, uh, slightly up in the air as to whether that will happen in the time frame but those are the, the goals that are there. Um, There are proposed changes to the MCCD, so that's the death certificate, as we call it, the medical certificate of cause of death, as it is officially known. Um, So uh, there are some changes there, the information that will go on there, including the medical examiner who's actually looked at the death, the patient ethnicity, a bit of a change to maternal death um, and a new line there, um, and the fact that medical devices and implants will now be recorded on the MCCD. And there is also uh, an uh, an intention that the MCCD will become electronic, so um, an E-MCCD, um, but it doesn't, again, they haven't quite committed to when that will actually happen. There's also a change uh, that's being proposed that medical examiners might be able to do the certificates. Um, they've said this will be in exceptional circumstances uh, where there is no attending practitioner or the attending practitioner is not available within a reasonable time frame. One of the key things that will change is, um, is who will actually be able to do that death certification. Um, and it has been quite strict around this 28 day rule before, but actually um, that is looking to change and therefore um, it will actually be if you've attended the patient uh, during the lifetime of the uh, patient uh, at all Um, and then they will propose that cause of death which is obviously quite a change it still talks about uh, doctors though being the attending practitioner so there's no relaxation of of that at all 
Um, there's a little bit about uh, coroners. Um, and then the other major change that I think will be of great help, again, I, I know this from speaking to the bereaved, is around the five-day uh, rule. I speak to a lot of relatives who are extremely panicked and stressed about registering the death within five days. Um, and actually, the reality is it's not happening. Uh, first of all. Uh, but secondly, this will change it. So actually, the five days will start uh, once uh, the um, the registrar has received notification of the cause of death from the medical examiner or the coroner. At that point, the clock will tick. Uh, so that will hopefully re relieve some of the stress uh, from the families, which I think is to be welcomed. Um, and then obviously, with the medical examiners coming in and that scrutiny happening there, then actually, um, the requirement for a medical referee to, to uh, look at a cremation uh, cremation form four uh, will be obsolete. And so that will go. So that's everything that's there. Again, uh, just to reiterate, these are not uh, happening now. These are still proposed changes. The proposal is they will come in in April 2024. We will keep watching this and keep you up to date as to whether that actually happens or not. But for now, just to give you a heads up of those are the proposed changes that, sh that will likely to be coming. But there may be changes that still happen to them before they get there. So we'll uh, keep a watching eye on that and keep you informed. Handy over to you now, Will. Grace, thanks, Laura. That's a lot to get your head around. And it's a lot a lot in the newsletter about that. But actually, um, just hold your horses. Don't worry about it yet. This is just to inform you of in, impending changes, potentially, rather than anything particularly that you need to worry about right now. And we'll keep you abreast of it, as Laura has said. Um, and they will be big changes as well. You know, looking after a patient in their lifetime is a very different thing to the 14 days as it was pre-COVID or the 28 days as it is now. Um, so that will be a, a big change for us should it come into law. Um, I'm going to move us on to a few final short topics now. Um, uh, I'm going to talk to you about the National Institute for Health and Care Research have um, generated a collection of evidence about who now works in general practice. It's called the who's who in general practice. Research can help practices introduce these new roles has been published and it brings together research for general practices and primary care networks to help maximise the benefit from new roles. And essentially, this is um, uh, trying to help practices help patients understand who they might see in general practice. We know that the ours staff who we now greatly um, uh, are, are grateful to for providing huge support in general practice in seeing patients um, and that there is now a sort of a menu of offers out there for practices to demonstrate to patients who they might see, why they might be seeing them and what they might need to see that health professional for. So it's a useful campaign and um, we'd urge you just to have a look at that if you're struggling to get that information to patients and they still go to the, but I was told to see my doctor, which quite often they still go to, sadly. Um, so take a good look at that. Um, there is a small section in the newsletter about a menu of support for primary care, uh, noting this is the South East Regional Primary Care Transformation Team, so relevant probably to more to our practices in the Hampshire and Isle of Wight area, North East Hants and Farnham as well, which includes an offer of, of health and well-being, modern general practice, uh, leadership uh, and regional and national offers. Those are also available in the South West area. Um, uh, if you look at the South West Regional Primary Care Team um, websites as well, but you can get to all of those via the Wessex LMC's website too. They are all available when you search for support in the um, GP section of the Wessex LMC's website. And a couple of Wessex LMC's education events that are coming up uh, shortly. Um, it's the time of year where we 
we're seeing huge numbers of children with uh, upper respiratory tract infections and sore throats. Um, I don't think it's quite as bad as last year's Group A strep uh, epidemic that occurred, but certainly we're seeing huge numbers and high demand, especially post-Christmas, of of the normal coughs and colds that we see. And there's a webinar available on um, the prescribing of antibiotics in children, so a paediatric webinar that's available to purchase from the website. And um, then some bite-sized support, so some short topic work um, about CQC, what is well-led, um, and the HR parts of CQC to give practice support on how to um, do as well as they can in any uh, pending CQC inspections. Also taking into account some of the different ways in which CQC are starting to inspect practices now as things are changing from CQC's perspective in certain areas and that's slowly potentially being rolled out across the area. So important to stay abreast of what's going on both with CQC and how to make sure your practice does as well as it can. Back to you, Laura. Thanks, Will. So that brings us to the end of this week's newsletter. We hope you found that helpful to feel updated and informed. Uh, And unlike me with my cold, I do hope that you stay well and you have a good week. Thank you for everything you're doing out there. We know you're all working really, really hard and it's been a really busy week and probably will continue to do so. We are busy working here as well to support you and make sure that we can do everything we can to help you do your job to the best of your potential out there. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Take care, everybody, and we hope you'll join us on another podcast soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Wessex LMCs, supporting you and your practice.